Hi, Jeremy here. Thank you so much for tuning in to one of my legacy podcast episodes. This episode was part of my original brand name that I unfortunately can no longer use. However, I wanted to keep these episodes up and running purely for your entertainment and to continue to offer exposure and appreciation to all of my guests that came on. There was a lot of love and work put into them, and I just didn't have the heart to take them all down. All of the external links in the description have been changed to reflect what I am currently offering, and I have gladly retained all of our special guests' links. Please be sure to check them out and disregard any mentions of my former brand announcements. I do hope you'll enjoy this legacy podcast episode as much as I had recording it. Remember to take care of yourselves and each other. Thank you very much, and I'll always be here for whenever you remember why. Enjoy! Welcome! It's Nostalgic Magic! On this episode, I speak with my friend Sam Gordian about SpongeBob SquarePants and its quirky and magically nostalgic appeal. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Nostalgic Magic Podcast, and tonight I've got a wonderful guest, and to be honest, we've only met in recent years, but she is a very important person, and she's going to become an even more important person in my life. She is the fiance of a previous guest that we had on the podcast in our Watchmen episode, Chris Martins. I would like to welcome Samantha Gordian. Samantha, Sam, how are you? I'm great, hi! Hi, I am so excited because this is a subject tonight that I do not know very much about. And of course, the whole reason behind It's Nostalgic Magic is my journey to figuring out why things become nostalgic in our lives. So you've got a subject tonight that I really don't know anything about. So I'm super excited to talk about it. Okay. It's SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love SpongeBob so much. It's actually really sad. (laughs) And that's exactly why I wanted you on, because I wanted to actually find out more. I actually went ahead. I did a little bit of research. I really have not watched any SpongeBob at all, really, to be honest. So I watched like the first couple of episodes from the first season just to kind of get how the flow of the show started and everything. Um, It definitely was a lot different from what it is now. Yeah, which I gather, and you know, just in in reading a little bit more of the research about it, I was able to kind of gather that the show has drastically changed and it declined in quality after like the movie came out in 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to get to all of that tonight. Actually, my first question for you so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit, I want to know what were some of your favorite cartoon or animated shows growing up? Did you prefer like Nickelodeon or Disney? And which of these shows is the most nostalgic for you? Uh, Well, see, I was a Nickelodeon kid. And the reason I was, was at the time Disney was a premium channel. So I was born in the 80s. And at that point, Disney switched over to premium. And my family just they weren't going to pay an extra. It was either HBO or Disney Channel and the adults won. So <laughs> sad, sad for you and also sad for me because <laughs> I exactly. was in the same boat. So I ended up being a Nickelodeon kid because I was also a TV kid. You know, that was the babysitter when I went to my grandma's house. Grandma was cooking and we were watching cartoons. So, What shows did you prefer to watch when you were a kid? 
oh, that original, like, big Nickelodeon lineup that they had, which was, like, Rocco's Modern Life, which I will rewatch to this day anytime anybody wants to. Let me see. Rugrats was okay. Everybody really loved Rugrats. Uh, it was all right. I liked it. it. You know, it was fun. Yeah, I felt the same way about Rugrats. It was okay, but not really, like, a favorite. Yeah, Ren and Stimpy was really great. I don't know how I got away with watching that, like, now in hindsight, but I had VHSs. Like, they bought me episodes. Great job, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great job on getting a Ren and Stimpy. I was a big, I was a big Doug person. Doug, too. Oh, my God. Doug, Doug was is, so good. Doug is one of my top-tier favorite shows. And for me, like, I was such an eccentric kid. It was so wonderful to watch a show about, like, this average kid who was just trying everything. What a nice yeah. change of pace. Plus, he was such a great, like, moral compass for children, you know? Like, he wasn't perfect, but he really did try his best to always be a good person. And that was always what I took away from it. It was like, just try your best and be a good person. I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, the fact that he kept a journal and documented everything that he was yeah. doing, it shows growth. And it shows that you can reflect on things that happened in your life and improve. And what a yeah. great message. Yeah, I totally agree. Which, which of these shows, though, is most nostalgic for you? Not even the ones we just mentioned, but, you know, if there are any other shows that are very nostalgic well, for you. I was also a Cartoon Network kid. So I think for me, it was also like that original, like, what a cartoon cartoon. Oh my gosh, I remember yeah, those. Like Johnny Bravo, Powerpuff Girls. I was 16 years old and I had a Powerpuff Girl bed set. I'm not afraid to say that. <laughs> I had a Mario I'm, bed set. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're right here. We're right here. Uh, yeah, Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo. I think Powerpuff Girls is probably like the thing that maintained for me because it was like you get to be girly and you get to kick butt. That resonated hard. That's a good combo for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Of course, a nostalgic show, obviously, for you is our subject tonight, SpongeBob SquarePants. So mm -hmm. uh, talk to me about SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm sure that there are a ton of listeners out there who know him extremely well and know the show very well. And even the franchise itself. I mean, I have a high school friend of mine who played Sandy on Broadway. Shout outs to Christina Seju. Um, if you had to describe the show to someone like me who's who's never seen it, do you mind giving us your take on it? No, no, I don't mind at all. I guess, God, it's so hard to start. It, it It's so, it's almost like it's described in its meme form. Like, it's just so random, but so relatable at the same time. It's just about this young person or sponge who's out in the world on his own working a little menial job at a fast food place with his weird friends and just having like these little mishap adventures but like that's not even where like the the draw of spongebob is it's that every single character is so unique in their own way and they're so different but they like gel so well together that it's just, it's fun. I saw this meme once where it was just like, when I was a kid, I always thought I was a SpongeBob or a Patrick, but now that I'm an adult, I'm totally Squidward. Because uh -huh. Squidward was like the, you know, the older, like, ugh, like everything's awful. God, I don't want to do that. It's like, that totally sounds like being an adult and like millennial right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and watching these characters, I can totally understand how Squidward would be a complete polar opposite to SpongeBob. And I read something actually very interesting. I read that SpongeBob is the anti-Bart Simpson. 
Really? I've actually never heard that. I read that in my research recently, and I thought about it as I was watching the first couple of episodes. And it's only been a decade between when Bart Simpson was top of the world and then when SpongeBob became top of the world in character form and relatability. And it's such a polar opposite. They're absolutely right. SpongeBob just seems like this fully driven, I'm ready, I'm ready kind of character. And Bart Simpson was the one who was at the time like the miscreant, the new Dennis the Menace dropping cherry bombs into the school's toilets. And yeah, it's such a night and day comparison within a decade with the characters and how they gel. In what ways do you relate to the show as your nostalgia kicks in? Well, for me, what's most nostalgic about it is like I, SpongeBob. I feel like for our age group, like you know, not to give anything away, but mid thirties, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a little after us, you know. I was definitely at least in junior high, maybe a little older. I'm not sure, but I have a brother who's nine years younger than me. So one of our, one of the ways that we bonded was over like television and cartoons, and he was always like really into the stuff I was into. He was always following me around like my mom called him my shadow but I didn't want him to just watch like teen stuff because he was four or five years old so we watched Spongebob together Mm -hmm. so my big nostalgic thing is just kind of bonding over that with my little brother and being like oh wow this is really funny (laughs) yeah like him singing all the songs from Spongebob especially that first season has like it has a record like it has an album because had so many songs in it and they're just so catchy and they're so memorable that at that point I had them memorized because he was singing them all over the house. I can totally gather that that type of show would have a a musical repertoire worthy of being its own camaraderie, its own language even. Yeah, they had songs like F is for Friends. I forgot the title of it, but the song that Sandy sings, which to this day I can recite every single word. It's really sad. <laughs> Wish I was back in Texas. <laughs> With uh-huh. a cute little accent. I used to like sing it for my brother because I would do the whole accent and everything. And he'd be like, well, oh, do it again, do it again. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> well, that's so sweet. Uh, and even now he's, he's 26. We'll send each other like, spongebob memes and send each other like little clips of videos like hey remember when like yeah it's still like a thing for us that's really wonderful that you and your brother can bond over something like that because my my wife and i we are on the complete opposite of the spectrum my wife doesn't like spongebob at all so we don't really allow aj to like even see a glimpse of it in the house really because she's just so deterred from it but i mean on this journey that i'm on I wanted to find out what the big deal was really because here's this giant sponge in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and I'm like I don't know why he's there. (laughs) It's really bizarre because he's just I forgot the the creator's name Uh, shoot it's like escaping me but his whole thing was that he was really interested in marine life. I remember watching this documentary when Spongebob hit like 10 years old. They actually showed a documentary on Nickelodeon and me and my brother, we stopped everything we were doing to watch this. <laughs> and he was talking about, like, I was just really interested in marine life. Like, I, I was a kid who liked Aquaman. And wouldn't it be interesting if, like, there was, like, a cartoon that was really silly and fun and with my weird sense of humor that I could do something with? And then he was just like, well, sponges are, they're actually a living thing under the ocean. But what if it was, like, just this blocky yellow sponge? 
you know, like a household item. And it's just so random and so weird and so much fun because it's so recognizable and bizarre to parents. But whatever kid watches the show is going to get that because they're in on it. They know what the joke is. I feel like that was a little bit past me at the time because the weirdness of the show did remind me a lot of a Ren and Stimpy vibe and a Rocco's Modern Life vibe and how it presented itself with even in the, the first episode where he's flipping the burgers so fast and chucking them out the window to all of the fish that are like, you know, lying about. And Patrick, even this character is really not that intelligent, but he compliments spongebob so well almost to this almost intense plutonic love affair yeah it's in the tradition of things like uh, i've been watching a lot of community lately like abed and troy or like earlier things like shoot what am i thinking of like barney and homer sure you know like yeah. barney's just like really out there when it comes to his behavior and homer you think homer's out there until you meet barney you know and you're like oh man homer's genius and that's the same thing with spongebob it's like spongebob's a little like and then you meet patrick and you're like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah it seems like they had that kind of buddy dynamic talk to me about plankton oh my god plankton is a character that just grows on people because it's like, oh, he's so evil and, you know, he's anti-Spongebob, you know, he's the anti-everything. He's the bad guy. But he's so pathetic. <laughs> he's just so pathetic. Like, he's this little, he's this little one-celled organism creature who just, he just wants to be loved and he wants his business to work. But everything just keeps getting in his way. Even, like, Spongebob is just like, come on, dude. Like, because it, it, in what I've watched, I think I can relate to Plankton the most because all my life, you know, I tried so hard at this and that and, you know, everything kind of went to a plateau and then it never really went further than that, you know, but hopefully now all of that will change with, with what I'm trying to do here. But yeah, Plankton, I think, was the character that I latched onto the most in my recent discovery of watching Spongebob. Plankton is such a lovable character in the fact that he's not perfect. You know, he, he's, he's a genius. I mean, he must be with like everything he's built, but <laughs> he just, he just can't like make something work. And sometimes it's not even like his own fault or like even the people around him. It's just, it's just always fault. And it's something so relatable about that. It's just like, why can't I just get this right? Yeah. But then I when he doesn't try, people end up finding him really lovable. Like, in the original movie, the first movie, mm -hmm. I felt I thought he was really endearing, even though he was still evil. <laughs> like I don't know if you saw the first movie. No, I haven't. Oh my god, you have to watch that movie. It's so good. They came out with one not too long ago. I want to say like three years. Ago. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it wasn't great. My brother and I were very disappointed. We didn't okay. watch it. We waited until it like came out on TV and kind of watched it. And was like, yeah, we're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna watch this children these days they're in a lot they're in a different things <laughs> i yeah, don't know what yeah. this is yeah and um I, I hear that there were three movies of spongebob that came out um well there was the original movie that was released in theaters with you know special guests like david hasselhoff <laughs> right i weird. remember those commercials yeah uh, scarlett johansson's in that movie too like she's actually the the princess oh yeah okay. there's a lot of people involved then there was a made-for-TV, and this was a little bit after I kind of dropped off. 
uh, made-for-TV movie event where I think Johnny Depp was involved. Okay, that's probably the, the second one I was thinking of. Yeah, and I think this is where Handsome Squidward comes into play and stuff. Okay. It's like a huge meme now. It's just because it's just so weird looking. <laughs> I, have, I have seen that meme. There's a, there's a filter. There's an Instagram filter, a Handsome Squidward inter- Instagram filter where it turns your face into those weird dimensions. And it's horrifying. <laughs> How about that? I mean, for, for a show to go as far as a filter. I mean, I, wow. back in the day, it was a bit, you know, it was a phenomenon. SpongeBob, they were calling him like Nickelodeon's Mickey Mouse for a minute. Wow. Like he was the mascot of the, the channel for a long time. And his show is still being produced to this day. Yeah, it's their, I believe it is their longest running show. Yeah, going yeah. on 20 years with like, I think a couple of hiatuses just to fill in the gaps with yeah. the movies that they were doing in the events. What are your feelings on SpongeBob when it comes to, I mean, you had, you had said before that you had a lot of nostalgic memories with your brother. Are there any nostalgic memories or moments from the show that stick to you from when you were a child? Uh, I guess what I took away most, one episode that sticks with me the most is the one where he rips his pants. Okay. I don't know if you got a chance to see that one. I'll, um, I'll put it in my list to watch. I think it's first season still. Yeah, it should be because the song is on the album. There's a song in that. SpongeBob is hanging out with Sandy at the beach and he wants to impress her because, you know, Sandy's really into karate and being strong, which I always really liked as a kid. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, being strong, strong girls. Woo, girls rule. Yeah. Um, you know, she was feminine, but she was also masculine in a lot of ways, which I identified with. But, you know, he wanted to be cool like Sandy. He wanted, And it was really sweet because their relationship was so platonic and respectful that way. Mm-hmm. He's trying to, like, impress her by being like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm muscular. And then uh, Larry the Lobster comes along. And this was, like, when we're first introduced to that character. And he's this big buff lobster. And he's not trying to be mean. He's actually a very nice person. And he's like, oh, hey, SpongeBob, how's it going? He just, like, lifts something up, like, super, like, like it's whatever. And Sandy's like, oh, yeah, me too, you know? And SpongeBob's like, yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then he tries so hard, he ends up ripping his pants, which at first is like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. But then everybody thinks it's so funny that he's like, oh, I can hold on to this. This is how people are going to like me now. Maybe I can't be strong like Larry, but I'm funny. So he tries really hard to be the person that people want him to be and be the funny guy, but then he just ends up killing the joke. Yeah, I know. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah, so like, oh, and every kid goes through that. Every right. Every kid goes through like, I'm, you know, oh, people think this is cool when I do this, so I'm going to keep doing this until the point where it gets annoying. And then he kind of sings this little sad song about how he ripped his pants and you know, he just wanted to make everybody happy and he wanted to hang out with Sandy and he couldn't. And it ends up being like a bop. The song is great. <laughs> and, then, and Sandy's just like, oh, I didn't care about any of that SpongeBob. I just like hanging out with you. And like that really stuck to me. And you know what? That's really cool. I should definitely check that episode out because from, from what I'm gathering in its own special, I guess, quirky way, SpongeBob does deal with all these relatable naive situations where one child or maybe any person would think that this is the way things are done because we see it. Therefore, that's the way it has to be. Children are impressionable. The way that you're making it sound is that all of that 
we just watched for the past nine minutes. No, none of it matters. I just want to hang out with you. I just want to be with you. I just want to exist within where your presence is. And I think that that is a very important message. Yeah, I think what I took away from it the most is that it's okay to be weird or to be different or to be good at something and not good at something else. Like you just be the okay little weirdo that you are and your friends are going to like you for it anyway because they're already your friends. Yep. And I do have my good group of friends and I'm sure you have yours. I um, wanted to ask, what are your feelings on SpongeBob as an adult? And, and why do you think the show is still around 20 years after it first aired? See, that's the thing, like, because I've seen what the show is now, and I get it, because it's not my Spongebob anymore. It's not my brother's Spongebob anymore. It's it's this generation's Spongebob. It's the Gen Z and younger, I'm, I'm not sure what the other generation's called, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's AJ. It's your son's generation. It's, it's for younger kids that they're not who we were, you know? It doesn't matter how much uh, early 2000s style is coming back in fashion. They're not mm-hmm. who we were. And so the show is, it's evolving like that. Whether I enjoy that or not is, it's irrelevant. It's not for me. Mm -hmm. But for me, the nostalgia is in what was for me and what spoke to me in my generation. And my brother, well, my brother's like a millennial still. He's like a younger millennial. But what it spoke to us at that time. So that's where my nostalgia comes in when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. And I kind of fell off, like, I want to say... I guess when the movie came out, like the first movie, that's when I kind of fell off. And yeah, that makes sense because I was I graduated high school. <laughs> <laughs> My brother was like doing other things now. He was into girls and like you know sports and stuff. So SpongeBob mm-hmm. kind of fell a little off at the wayside, as all our childish things do, until we again become nostalgic for them and they come mm-hmm. right back. And yeah, sometimes it- they also never leave. <laughs> Yeah, it just seems like a lot of these characters are still very endearing to everybody who watched the show. I mean, we like you said before, we, we all latch on to these different characters from different shows for different reasons. But it seems that SpongeBob had uh, this interesting way of being an adult and being overly responsible and being overly careful with, with everything that he wanted to try to do. And it seems to me that a child watching this feels like, oh, this is what it must be like to be an adult. You've got so many responsibilities and you have so many things that you have to do correctly. But it's presented in this very weird, odd, quirky way. I'm finding that the appeal of the show itself lends a lot of credibility to how a lot of adults now fondly think back and take the the lessons that they learned from it so that they can apply it today. Yeah, I think any kid growing up saw that and was like, you know, SpongeBob is responsible and he's a grown up and he does things, but he's also still silly. And he's also still himself no matter what. And anytime he tried to be different, it just never worked out for him. I think the most important lesson that came from it was that no matter what, just be you. Like it's okay. It's okay to be weird. It's okay to be quirky. It's okay. As long as you're a nice person, it's all gravy. And guess what? All your friends are probably weird too, like SpongeBob's friends, right? Like Patrick, (laughs) like Sandy, like Mr. Krabs. They all have their own hubris. You know, they all have their own thing that's, you know, maybe not the best, but they're still nice people and they still care about each other. 
and they mm -hmm. still get into great adventures. So. Right, and they go on great adventures, which actually leads me to ask, do you have any favorite moments from the show that you care to share? I could share one from the movie that I really love. Yeah, go for it. So, spoiler alert for any listeners. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Yeah, it's been this long. <laughs> but uh, so the whole concept is that they're trying to undo all the bad stuff that Plankton's doing, right, without giving too much of it away. And they're, they're on a road trip adventure in the Krabby Patty Mobile to, like, become men. Cause they so it's, like, become it's men. a buddy comedy. Yeah, solely a buddy. And they want to become men and they want to be adults. Like, hey, you know, we're not kids anymore because they like childish things. But I think one of my favorite parts about that is when they get to a bar, which is really, like, for a kid's cartoon, right? But they go to a bar and uh, it's, like, a tough bar and they're trying to prove why they're so tough to get into the bar. And they have, like, fake, like, mustaches that are, like, made of seaweed that the princess gave them so they could be manly men <laughs> to give them confidence. And they end up running, like, later on running into this character who's played by Alec Baldwin. Oh, cool. <laughs> He's, like, a bounty hunter. <laughs> He's a bounty <laughs> hunter fish. And he, like, rips the, the mustaches off of them. And they're like, <gasps> they were fake? And, like, this <laughs> genuine, like, no! And he's like, of course they were fake! <laughs> like, oh. that scene, I was just crying laughing the first time. And probably a few times after that. It's just so funny. But then they also realize, like, oh, they were fake, but we did that all by ourselves then! Yeah! <laughs> That's so endearing. So quirky and weird. Yeah, and, and not only that, but it's like, think about it. When, when a kid dresses up for Halloween, they want to act like the costume that they're in. They want to behave like them. They want to interact like that character. It's cosplay. Yeah. It's just such a great movie. Like them realizing that they don't have to fully grow up to be adults. Like they can still indulge in the things that they like and be there for their friends and still be adults. It's so cute. It's like, it's something like, but if you could watch the movie, it's great. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I will probably personally check it out on my own time. Thanks to yeah. you. So I will definitely do it. And I mean, the Hoff is in it. You can't hassle the Hoff. So. Exactly. And plus like the song, Goofy Goober, you're going to be humming that all day. Goofy Goober. Goofy Goober. Okay. There's two I... versions of it. There's the cute one. And then there's the metal version. Ooh, okay, yeah. cool. So I will definitely check that out. And if I start humming it, you're probably going to expect a message from me. <laughs> <laughs> do you believe that the appeal of SpongeBob will remain timeless? And why do you think so? Honestly, I'm really not sure. I think it just depends on, because he, like, again, he's just the show and him as a character have evolved so much over time mm -hmm. that it's hard to ever tell, you know? Like, he has kind of almost reached that, like, Mickey Mouse level of, like, branding chip. Yeah, and notoriety. Exactly. I mean, once you get, like, it's like The Simpsons. Once you get a, a balloon in the Macy's Day Parade, where do you go from there, right? Right. I think he's definitely stuck in, like, the American consciousness. Like, when people look back on decades and on year on generations, it's going to be like, oh, well, that generation had SpongeBob, you know? They had that show. They had, you know, the generation before that, they had The Simpsons, you know, they had this, they had that. So it's definitely going to always be a part of, like, American nostalgia. And it's also been translated all over the world at this point. So we can only, it, it depends also on how long uh, 
Nickelodeon sticks around with the way people are consuming everything. Like now everything's on the computer, everything's on their iPads, everything's in their phones. Like who knows what network television is even going to be. I, I like to think that SpongeBob's going to live on them. I have to agree with you. I think that SpongeBob's endearing quality is the one big testament to his lasting power and also to his nostalgic staying power from what I've gathered and from what little I've seen it didn't really fully hold my attention but it did hold my curiosity and I am enamored in part to how the writers present those very basic qualities of what a person is capable of doing and what they're capable of achieving in the in the silliest way possible it, it literally teaches a child that anything can be possible it's all about how you go about it and if you go about it and, and you're a good like you said a good person nothing's going to hold you back yeah as long as you're true to yourself i think that's spongebob's biggest lesson like you know you can do i don't want to say you can do anything but you can really put your mind to anything as long as you're just doing it for yourself and you're doing it as yourself. That's how I feel like that's also how SpongeBob just kind of became like a gay icon. Like, I don't know, uh, recently SpongeBob was outed by Nickelodeon as part of like their, their gay characters, the LGBTQ plus characters. Mm -hmm. So confirmed, I guess it's canon. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, I was reading up on a little bit of, a, I guess you could call it controversy, but I mean, in hindsight, I saw the post too from Nickelodeon from this past year. Yeah. And I said to myself, hey, that's great. You know, I think that if they need a character to be that out and that uh, I guess the a creator originally said he was asexual, but I mean to, to out him as something that uh, the gay community can relate well, asexual to. Well, is also part of the, you know, the spectrum of the right. LGBTQ plus community. Right. And then on top of that, like, what child who has these feelings and has this, like, I feel different doesn't relate to, like, Spongebob and just how Spongebob is different and you can't quite put your finger on it, but he's always genuinely himself. And that's what that show teaches you. And, like, at this point, I go to, like, I went to DragCon this past year, uh, before COVID, obviously. Right, I remember you posted so many awesome pictures. Yeah, and there are, like, people in, like, Spongebob drag and Patrick drag, and, like, they are really iconic images that have just come up, come out of that that are just so cool and so weird. And it's just like, well, yeah, when I was growing up, I loved Spongebob. Spongebob taught me to be myself, and it just so happens I grew up in myself as a awesome drag queen you know <laughs> or maybe myself is a girl with half blue hair who just really likes care bear onesies i don't know that's me <laughs> <laughs> hey shout out to the care bears yeah absolutely yeah. oh there you go and wearing wearing the shirt <laughs> awesome i mean if we if we were to have some final thoughts i mean i feel like we've said everything that needs to be said on you know the basic subject of spongebob but now i'm i'm certainly a little bit more intrigued into looking into this show more at least finding like lists of top 10 episodes and finding those to really get to the root of the show and definitely that first movie i'm definitely going to find that and check that out per per your suggestion do you have any final thoughts on spongebob squarepants i guess the thing that i would want people to take away at least other than like you get some really great memes out of it 
It's <laughs> as weird as it is and as maybe not, maybe the earlier seasons aren't as relatable now for people, but I think it just always kind of came from a really nice place. Like, I feel like the creator always wanted it to come from a really nice place, no matter what. Like for Ending with a positive every time. Exactly. Like, I feel yeah. like it was always like, yeah, SpongeBob's silly. Yeah, he makes you laugh. But, you know, not everything is, like, traditionally educational. Sometimes it's just, it gives you, like, a nice little moral compass. I do happen to agree with you. From what I've seen, the show end, always ended on a positive, And it offers... Uh, and not necessarily a moral message, but it definitely offers to have this feeling that it's going to be okay. Wow. You've, you've now made me want to watch like the 10 best episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll roll back and try and think of some really good ones to like send you. Yes, please send me because I, I want to get involved now. I think that this is really cool. And, yeah. you, and if you yeah. have a Spotify, check out the album. It has like all the songs from like the first season. And okay. some of those songs, like, you can figure out where the episode is from that and just watch that episode. Like, the one where Spongebob befriends Plankton is great. I don't know if you saw that one. No, I haven't. Oh, see? If you love... That's one of the most endearing Plankton episodes. You gotta great. see that one. Done. You got it. I will do that. Um, well, Sam, I understand and know personally that you have a really awesome TikTok account. And I would love for you to tell people where they can find you on TikTok and, and uh, any other social media because you have such a beautiful, amazing, confident style and I want people to know where they can find you. Thank you so much. Uh, my TikTok is at Kitty Cat Sable. So it's my Instagram. They're all at Kitty Cat Sable, but with a K. Uh, Kitty with a K, cat with a K, and then Sable like, you know, the wrestler. Awesome. And also the adorable little rodent. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. Yes, that's right. Oh my God. I didn't even think of that. But yes, you're absolutely right. And uh, listener, I will be able to put these links in the description for the podcast, wherever you get your choice of podcasts. Um, but Sam, uh, we haven't spoken this long ever one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. This was, this was our first like real conversation and I'm yeah, so glad that we were able to share it with everybody. Yeah, we didn't have that villain, Chris Martin's interrupting us. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Sam, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on SpongeBob and for helping me to find another show that I want to watch. And it's so wonderful to know you, to be in your presence. And of course, I still wish you all the best with you and with Chris. And thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. <laughs> I did too. Take care of yourself. You too. A big thanks to Sam for taking some time out to give us her thoughts on the appeal of SpongeBob SquarePants. And thank you, loyal listener, for allowing me and Sam into your eardrums for the podcast. You can find me on social media by using the hashtag It's Nostalgic Magic. Be sure to subscribe where you listen to your choice of podcasts to be notified of future releases. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube and Twitch channels to stay all caught up on our journey to finding out why things in our lives become nostalgic and finding out if there's something magical about them. Until next time, I'll see you real soon. Take care. Bye-bye.